Welcome to another installment of the Grind Culture Detox podcast. So the episode that you're going to listen to was actually recorded in June 2022. And uh, we're just uploading it now. And it's with a really special guest, Emmeline Sosa, who is the founder of an herbalist company called Folk Mondays. And she's also a workplace wellness coach. And I had the pleasure of interviewing her in my book, The Grind Culture Detox. And in this episode, Emmeline's going to talk to us about activating the ancestral technologies of nature. So in this world where it seems like things are kind of getting taken over by AI and we're more and more on our phones constantly, Emmeline offers us a different, refreshing perspective around how technology, the best technology, can be found in natural settings and in natural spaces. So without further ado, we will tap in with Emmeline. And if you're interested in the content, consider donating to the Grind Culture Detox. And uh, you can learn more information about my services by visiting thrivingwithheather.com. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Grind Culture Detox podcast. This is a podcast and a place in which we're able to unpack the myth of grind culture that we constantly need to be producing in order to be seen as valuable in our society. And we find ways to dismantle grind culture in a variety of different ways. And I'm so excited to bring on Emmeline Sosa on the show. She's also featured in the book, The Grind Culture Detox, and um, she's an amazing herbalist and somebody who's really working to dismantle colonial ideologies around work and infusing cultural wisdom into the conversation around work and and well-being. So I'm so excited for y'all to get this medicine. Emmeline, how are you today? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. Um, I am definitely in my body today mm-hmm. um, which feels really good um, I'm feeling grounded and I'm feeling uh, very much excited for this conversation also I feel like it's been a long time coming um, yeah and I'm just so grateful for you for creating this space yes you know I'm feeling pretty good too I feel like I'm in a flow today you know like you got a lot of stuff on the list but I'm not having that anxiety around it I'm just I'm like in the moment and present. So I feel really grateful for that. And uh, thanks so much for taking your time out to share your knowledge and wisdom. And so I'm going to start with a really general question around wellness. What does wellness look like for you, Emmeline? It feels like a loaded question. (laughs) I'll say why. It feels loaded because I feel like um, my wellness isn't necessarily what we are, um, you know, have now commercialized as wellness, right? Like, I feel like there's so much to be said about the way that we are, um, as a society, capitalizing on people being unwell, right? And people mm-hmm. having this ease and wanting to feel good again and wanting to feel whole, right? Um, and I feel like for myself, like wellness, um, isn't perfect. (laughs) I'll say that. 
My wellness isn't perfect. Um, my wellness is definitely a, an ongoing practice. Mm -hmm. And um, it's one that I've had to cultivate for myself and very much like um, be dedicated to, mm -hmm. like devoted to actually, right? Um, which is a really strong word, but like devotion to my wellness has been um, at the center of what it means to me. Um, and I would be lying if I said that every day I wake up and I'm like, I'm well, you know, like <laughs> um, I have like everyone else, right? Like moments where I'm off balance, where I'm feeling off, right? Where I'm uh, experiencing illness, where I'm experiencing um, deep emotions that are hard to, to navigate. Um, when I'm in, you know, finding myself in difficult conversations with people that I love, that I'm in community with, all of that affects my wellness. Um, but I feel like part of what is important to me is understanding that it's all interconnected, right? So like my wellness is not um, separate from your wellness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's definitely a collective uh, definition, I would say for me. Yes. And, you know, thank you for your testimony, Emmeline. And speaking of testimony, so Emmeline shared this really amazing oracle card um, to really center us and ground us in this conversation. And um, I think somebody else probably needs to hear this message too. So Emmeline, uh, oh, this message. All right. yes. okay. <laughs> so this is from the um, grandma's baby. Black Lenormand card. I am blanking on um, the creator of this card, but I know that they are a young person. Um, and um, we've never interacted personally, but from what I've learned about them on social media, they poured so much into this work. Um, and I'm just so grateful to have a copy. Um, I know that they are planning on dropping a second one. So if folks wanna follow them on social media, you can just uh, by finding grandma's baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and here is the card that I pulled. So I basically, you know, just to share a little bit about my personal wellness practice, um, it involves sitting at my altar and, you know, connecting with my ancestors. Some I know, some I don't know. And, you know, I wanted them to sort of help me, um, get grounded for this conversation. And I think also just like, um, I tend to ask for like general messages that I need to, to hear right now. Um, and, you know, this is a Lenormand deck, so it's definitely different from tarot um, and definitely very much part of the Black tradition. Mm -hmm. um, so let's get into it. So let me show y'all, you know, right here we have a person that is, you know, in the middle of a testimony. Okay. Um, and it says, this is uh, number 27, testimony. And the image, which can be found in the Library of Congress, mm -hmm. is from singing. Trying to make 199 and a half won't work. Won't, won't do, excuse me. During the collection at Negro Church in Heard County, Georgia, by Jack Delano. So here is the testimony. So confirmation, all right, y'all, confirmation, seven of spades, element air. Mm. Important messages or a long-awaited confirmation is on its way to you. So be ready to receive. 
Have you been waiting for a sign, a letter, or the results of a consistent spiritual practice? Mm. It's coming. Mm -hmm. Your prayers have been heard and action has been taken to move circumstances in your favor. Alternatively, this may be the perfect, perfect moment to deliver your own message, to share your work and experiences with others. What have you learned that you're eager to tell? Mm -hmm. This is the time to share your light. And um, Ashe, and I'm into this. Mm -hmm. um, and this message spoke to both Heather and I um, as we were kind of trying to prepare ourselves for this conversation. And also I felt like um, it's kind of a, it, it's a beautiful time right now to, um, especially as we're um, thinking about the throat and the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. Like this is a beautiful and important time for us to be speaking those messages. You know, some messages we get in our dreams, some messages we get, you know, in random visuals, some messages we get from other folks, whatever it is, we have messages to deliver from our personal experiences. Um, that you don't know who's going to need to hear them. So I'm just really grateful for this space because I feel like I've, I've had messages that I need to deliver and my ancestors have been very clear with me that I am meant to deliver them. But it's, you know, for a while I was moving from a place of fear where I was feeling like I'm not ready. You yeah. know, why me? What do I have to say? Little old me, you know, who cares about what I think? Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like, you know, it's important that you think about the things that you have learned that you're eager to share, right? Mm -hmm. um, so from a place of really wanting um, to, for the collective to be well, just to round up that part, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause we all have messages. So whether or not you're, you do this for your work, you know, for how you earn your money, whether you do this as, you know, um, just out of the kindness of your heart, just because you're called to, like, it doesn't really matter. I think, you know, sometimes when we have messages to share, we have to share them. It's our responsibility. So I just wanted to give that to, you know, the collective um, as we get into it. Yes, in true Gemini fashion. We just found out we're both Gemini rising. Yeah, a new discovery between us. And yes. <laughs> um, Venus literally just entered Gemini. Venus is, you know, for a lot of folks, like the planet of love and, you know, and harmonious relationships and all that good stuff. And um, and this is a, a big time for collaboration. So I feel like even in this conversation and what you and I will be sharing with each other, Heather, like I feel like it feels really good to know that this is a really auspicious time mm -hmm. to be delivering messages. So I'm sure that it'll touch somebody's heart. <laughs> yes. And so on that note, just like taking, having these moments where we take a moment to pause and not be on autopilot to really receive messages, to tap into the environment, you know, outside of whatever the grind is, that is in essence what the grind culture detox is. Not just knowing that this toxic wheel of productivity that we're on is bad for our health and it keeps us unwell, but then also making the decision to choose different, to choose another way, to, to rely on the wisdom of the earth, to rely on the wisdom of our ancestors to carry us. Even if we can't see everything, you know, we can't see the very end of it, having that trust and that faith 
and relying on it. To me, like that is a part of what it means to detox from grind culture. And um, when I think about the gifts and the skills that you bring, there's so many, um, MLM, but something we connected on a lot um, in, within the process of writing this book was around your relationship with plant allies and how you were able, and you have been able to utilize the wisdom of plants to, uh, to exist outside of a world of grind culture. So I want to learn a little bit more about your training in the world of plants and how you are applying that into your, your own wellness, even yeah. not the perfect wellness that they market to us, but like your wellness, your thriving. My ever evolving wellness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I have had many teachers, you know, um, I'm grateful that um, I come from a line of, you know, very strong, um, black women and femmes, uh, you know, my, my roots are in um, uh, Quisqueya, Haiti, Bojillo, um, also known as the Dominican Republic. Um, wow, okay. Uh, yeah, so I have been in, commun in community with plants my whole life. They're actually, what comes to vision right now for me is like, there's a photograph of me like wearing all white, literally like I was probably two or three and I'm like in some jungle that's what it looks like <laughs> backyard they look like a jungle um and just looking so happy to be outside um and literally um I felt very connected to my to plants and nature um because that was kind of part of my culture right like my grandma and my mom have always taught me how to make remedies at home like you know from accessible plant medicine um and that was uh an early practice for me and an early way of connecting with ancestral technologies right where we can make something out of none you know what i'm saying yeah. like that's just part of um how we survive and thrive and um I realized that as I was being sort of um indoctrinated into American culture here um and going to schools here and getting internships here and mentorship here mm -hmm. um that I was slowly but surely moving away mm -hmm. from all of the things that really you know felt true to me <laughs> you know what I mean like for a long time I would say like you know um from when I, I can remember from being formally educated um up until probably my late 20s um early 30s um where I essentially had to recognize that I didn't know myself anymore I was just like whoa like what happens like because it went from like um, you know, I, I definitely I have a green thumb and I've always had plants and stuff, but, you know, I felt so like I had to be this like, uh, 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 like, you know, like, uh, which a lot of us have had this experience where, especially when we're first generation in this country where, you know, all this pressure is placed on us to, you know, be successful, do the thing, you know, be a high earner, you know, um, that title matters. Uh, and I was like caught up in the sauce for a very long time. Um, and I was unwell, like I was just not, um, 
not feeling good, <laughs> you know, simply put, not feeling good. And I, and that's when I had to like recognize that um, my heart was yearning for something else mm -hmm. and that a major shift have, had to happen. And I did a lot of unraveling, similar to an onion, like, Mm -hmm. I was like, eh, 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 like just taking off the layers yeah. that I had placed on myself in order to feel like I could do, excuse me, where that I could do, you know, um, corporate culture, grind culture, mm -hmm. you know, survive capitalism. Um, and uh, by divesting, right, like intentionally, like you said, making that choice to divest, um, I found one of my first loves which was being in nature you know what I mean and I definitely live in the concrete jungle I'm based out in Brooklyn New York so lots of concrete here but we also have really beautiful green spaces and I'm just so grateful especially during the pandemic that I have a beautiful big park you know two blocks from my house where I could literally just go and be there mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like the tree doesn't give a fuck what I'm doing Mm -hmm. they don't care if I got that interview or not mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean so I could just go be there and that was major for me um so I think that the pandemic you know while it has been a um you know big time of collective mourning and um you know a lot of loss and a lot of grieving and um anxieties around the uncertainty of it all um, I think that it also did offer us some reprieve, mm -hmm. you know, like being able to work remotely, being able to not have to travel to places like, you know, um, some of us being unemployed or underemployed. And mm -hmm. that was the case for me where I finally was able to be like, you know what, I'm going to deep dive into the study of plant medicine because I ain't got no job and I'm good on that. You know what I mean? Because I'm also a caregiver. I live with my elders. I live with my mother. I live with my partner and our dog. And I was someone who had to care for people during that time, mm -hmm. you know, in a very real, tangible way. So I didn't even have space to have a job because mm -hmm. whatever was going on here, I had to be present. So I chose that. And I also chose to like get into my bag and actually study and be committed to the study because it's, and you know, I, and, um, and it's a never ending study, right? Uh, I'm always going to be a student of plant medicine. Um, and it's something that I've chosen um, because I recognize the ways in which um, I can be a vehicle for helping others learn how to connect again. You know, because that's the thing. It's not it. I want to share that even for those of you listening right now who feel disconnected, um, know that it is your right. Like it is literally your birthright. Um, and that disconnection doesn't have to be forever. Like mm -hmm. nature ain't going nowhere. So if you want to connect, you are more than able to. Um, you just got to surrender. And I think that's really hard for us <laughs> to do, especially when we're in the thick of it, you know, we grind culture. Um, because slowing down, taking it easy, choosing the soft life, it's not something that we're told we can do or that we can afford, you know? So during the pandemic, I formally was studying under 
um, master herbalist Karen Rose, who's based out here in Brooklyn and runs the Sacred Vibes um, Apothecary. Mm -hmm. And um, I was able to, it like opened the doors for this entire community of other herbalists who also were like, you know, yearning to be in community as we were learning. So that was major. Mm -hmm. um, and it also, I think, um, I want to say that, you know, you may not have the money to afford a formal program or anything mm -hmm. like that, but I don't want that to deter anyone from, you know, um, seeking out this knowledge because this is your knowledge. Mm -hmm. Literally, like, there, mm -hmm. we could do meditations around some memories that we've repressed around moments that we've had with nature because nature shows up for us. Yes. Yeah. You know? So what I want to say is that I'm not even preaching to go spend $2,000 plus on a program. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying is that if you feel this calling to connect with nature, go outside. Yep. Talk to your plants in your house. Go be by a lake. Like literally it's not, I, I'm not even about the shit with like spending more money. Mm -hmm. when you know that wasn't that wasn't what ancestors were about like when it came to plant medicine like it was about literally caring for the community caring mm -hmm. for the collective and of course there were certain designated people who were you know um healers in that way um but everybody's grandma was on it you know what I mean? Like everybody's grandmas was making spells, doing root work, you know, making sure that, you know, everybody was good, feeding yeah. folks with nothing. Like all of that is plant medicine. It's not just about, you know, let's make a, a, a you know, Western plant medicine where it's like, it's all about formulation and blah, blah, blah. You think that our grandparents measured shit? Yeah. My grandma, you don't measure nothing. Yeah. I don't measure anything either. See right. What? I'm like, <laughs> fuck a measurement. Like, <laughs> with your heart <laughs> with your <Yes>. heart <laughs> like um there's a famous chef uh uh online that she always talks about like measuring things with her heart meat like I love it I love that you know what I mean because literally like our body is also connecting with nature so you may not if you're someone that is doesn't have the ability to go walk outside connect within with your own body. It's a beautiful practice for connecting with nature because we are of nature. Mm -hmm. So I've gone on a whole tangent, but um, <laughs> that's well, a little bit about, you know, how I've arrived at this work that I do. Well, you know, I wanted to really speak to what you mentioned. You, you referred to plants, you said, you said ancestral technologies. And I wanna unpack that a little bit because a lot of times when we think about folks reconnecting with nature, it seems like quote unquote primitive, right? Like we're going back in time a lot of times, like it's, there's something almost basic about it. And yet there is also this, this really beautiful technology that's happening. And it's not in the way that we see it in terms of like us being on a Zoom right now or us being on our computers or phones. But there is this intelligence that this intelligent wisdom that's been here for, I mean, a millennia, right? Um, that is happening. And so to your point around our ancestors really relying on plants to thrive, 
um, and to also heal sickness, um, two people came to my mind, two community ancestors came to my mind. So one is uh, George Washington Carver. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, George Washington Carver made, I think, over 300 inventions in his lifetime. And uh, he was a shaman. He was, you know, he, he didn't necessarily call himself that, but, you know, he was a scientist too, you know, but he was a shaman first, like walking in the woods and just saying, like, I let the plants reveal mm-hmm. their secrets to me. I listen, you know, um, and uh, Harriet Tubman. We don't talk about the fact that Harriet Tubman you were going there you know (laughs) yeah like and so I feel like sometimes it's trivialized to your point around um first of all these this gatekeeping that happens with herbalism and who should be doing it you got to go to training you got to go to a special school that kind of stuff not to say you can't do that you know um but that's not the it shouldn't be a barrier to entry but like understanding that our ancestors were using this yeah to connect with nature and also to thrive to get their missions accomplished right mm-hmm. you know to be able to uh, invent over 300 things in your lifetime through the use of plants to be able to transport hundreds of people to freedom through the use of plants which is what Harriet Tubman did um, we don't talk about that enough and there's power in that you know yeah um sorry to interrupt you I just get so excited um but um I I don't want to miss that point that you were making about Harriet Tubman and I want to just re-emphasize like Harriet Tubman was a forager right Mm -hmm. so it's like I know everybody's not trying to like act like foraging is like a new you know the new hip thing to be doing but it's been a thing you know what I mean and basically um you know, and I would invite people to go visit. There's actually um, a new uh, garden that just opened, the African American Garden that opened up here in New York City for anybody that's New York City based um, at the New York Botanical Garden in the Bronx. Um, my girlfriend works there, and I had the pleasure of attending the um, celebration. And we had a beautiful, like, um, ushering in by um, Jessica B. Harris, um, who's Um, amazing and you know an icon in her own right but essentially they've curated these gardens that help us to learn about all of the plants that literally are part of Black American history Mm -hmm. Um, and when we think about someone like Harriet Tubman you know we can't forget like you know obviously yes the Underground Railroad but has anybody stopped to think like how are people eating (laughs) You know, how are people, you know, obviously we talk about the the white allies who were there to like house people and feed people. Yeah. But also shit would hit the fan mm-hmm. and you would be out in these forests, like trying to, you know, figure out the way. And what was the way? Like uh, Harriet Tubman was assisting people in learning how to eat from what was there. Mm-hmm. They didn't go, you didn't starve. You know what I mean? So like, it just, it fills me up with emotion to think about it because it's like, imagine being like in pitch darkness and having to figure out what you can eat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like having that kind of technology, that is technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is indigenous ancestral technology. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. And that's why I say technology. And I think you said something really beautiful 
um, which was this idea of listening to the plants, like listening. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that's coming up so much for me. And I'm a big talker, you know, we Gemini rising. So <laughs> <laughs> a lot, you know, but I think that's something that's coming up for me is like, um, and that I'm relearning and remembering from my work with plants is to listen, to shut the fuck up and listen. Like literally just like being in stillness and like letting nature speak to you. Like literally the wind can howl to the point where you feel like it's telling you something. And I know you, you know, uh, you know about sound healing. Obviously that is part of your work mm -hmm. in this world and this human experience. So like, it's all connected. Like um, when we listen to water, it's so calming. Like there's something so beautiful about running water, you know, all of the things. So, you know, it's, it, it goes beyond just like, you know, let me be part of this hot trend now. Mm -hmm. Like if I want something to be a trend, what I want to be a trend is for us to literally just listen. <laughs> Like, listen, because none of this shit is new. Not, nothing is new. Like, I feel like what is new, I think, is all of, you know, we have new diseases. Yeah. We have, um, we have new man-made technology that um, is affecting our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, we have um, new ways in which we interact with the physical world. All of those things are new, but part of also us like um, thriving in this lived experience and also having our future, the black futures, right? Yep. Thrive mm -hmm. it's by remembering, mm -hmm. remembering. And that brings me to uh, your, the point you made about this picture that stands out so clearly in your mind of, of you as a child just in your element, in your natural element and the ways in which you kind of had to un to dismantle a lot of the conditioning that had been put on you living in this white supremacist capitalist society. And, you know, you live in New York, so you know how it is. It's like, go, go, go sometimes, you know? And so can you talk a little bit around like, what was that final straw that made you say, I'm going back, I'm going to remember, I'm not going to try to be something else that I'm not, I'm going to remember who I am. What was that moment for you? Yeah, that's so interesting. <clears throat> the moment that comes to, to mind, and there have been many moments, y'all, mm -hmm. because I'm also a Taurus son, so I'm mad stubborn. Sometimes <laughs> I got to hear the message mad times, and my ancestors be like, come on now. <laughs> but I be stubborn, right? And like, for me, you know, I was like, I'm, you know, this is stability. This is the right way. This is what's giving me the money I need to live and, and you know, and help my family out. Um, but there was a very distinct moment that comes to mind where the straw broke the camel's back, <laughs> broke my back. Okay. Because <laughs> people thought they could play with me. Right. And mm -hmm. like they was playing in my face and they thought that they could win off of, you know, riding my back. And that's when I had to be like, wait a minute. And the moment was that um, I was working corporate. I was an executive recruiter for a very well-known firm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was doing my work, 
And essentially, when it came time for the annual review, <laughs> I realized that um, I wasn't going to get my full bonus. Mm. And part of the work that I was doing, the idea is that, you know, you want to get your full bonus because you right. worked for it. So what did I do? I went to my colleagues who I came in with, who, you know, were there the same time I was, were doing similar work that I was. And I was like, did you get your full bonus? And they were like, yeah, of course. And I said, yeah, of course. Interesting. <laughs> and so then I went back to the folks that who were like, you know, the managers deciding on my bonus. And I said, so what's the deal? Why am I not getting my full bonus? And they're like, you know, they give you the whole like, oh no, Emily, we love you. You, you, you're such an asset, you know, me calling me an asset. Like, you know what I mean? That's very corporate language to try to make me feel good, but I ain't nobody's asset. Okay. So basically they were like, oh, you know, we, we, we can see, you know, you're going to grow here. We want you to grow with us, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I said, okay, so why is this not equating to a full bonus? Cause you haven't given me any feedback as to why I don't deserve it. Oh, wow. Was like, there was no feedback in terms of any real tangible reason for me to have gotten less. That led me to also ask my colleagues around how much folks were making. Mm -hmm. And I realized that a younger white woman who entered at the same time I did and had never had a real job, this was like my third career. <laughs> Literally, they offered her the same thing they offered me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had to fight to make more in the beginning when I, I was like trying to negotiate. So, you know, always negotiate. There's always more money. But the thing is, like, for me, it was just like, whoa, okay, so y'all were undervaluing me from the get, which is a very common statistic around black women and femmes you know that we are um the most educated in most spaces and we are the least earners yeah. okay so that was the pivotal moment where I was enraged like I was so angry so angry to the point that I you know in very typical Gemini rising style i created a podcast where I just started talking all my shit. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, okay, y'all not gonna hear me, but somebody gonna hear me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I put out three, not three, eight episodes. I put out eight episodes where I was sharing my experiences. So that is just one y'all of like so many experiences that I had personally, like violations against my person, mm. my body, my liking, my identity, my spirit that literally caused me to be unwell, mm. like depressed, angry, like biting. I was just not good. You know what I mean? So I had to, and, and part of the reason was because, you know, it wasn't so much that I was focusing on like, you know, oh, I'm getting cheated or whatever. But it was just more like, I did everything right. Mm -hmm. I did everything right, you know? I got the degrees from the well-known universities. 
Um, I got all the high, you know, praise jobs that people wanted. I did everything. But why was I so dissatisfied? Mm-hmm. Why was I in dis-ease? You know? And I realized that like my worth and my identity was not tied to these roles and these and these titles and you know these white managers, you know, who told me that I had to basically kiss their ass to get a fucking bonus. Mm-hmm. That's a no for me, dog. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm good on that. And I'm so grateful because um in my unraveling, I had to ask for help. I had to rely on my community. I had to take my 30-year-old ass back to my mama's house. And that's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Why? Because I'm conditioned to think that at 30, I need to have it all together. Mm -hmm. At 30, I'm not supposed to be living with my mama and my grandparents and my partner and my dog. That sounds really lit though. I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> you, okay, you're right. Not because literally all my friends have literally been like, yo, M got it good, yo. Like, <laughs> you be sleeping good. I'm like, I mean, it's where it's at. So I bring this up to say, and I know I've brought it up multiple times because there's a message there. And the message there is that we are meant to live in community. Mm-hmm. We are meant to live in collectives. This whole bullshit around like, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, you need to be, uh, you know, uh, as soon as you turn 18, you need your own apartment and you got to kick your kids out. What the fuck is that about? Mm -hmm. I'm not with it. So I am so grateful to my mama who was like, you going through it. You need to come home. Cause I don't know what the fuck is up, mm-hmm. but I don't like it. You know, she saw that I was unwell and she said, my home is always your home. Oh, sure. And even if we did live like sardines, we gonna make it beautiful. Mm-hmm. Cause we are abundant people. You know what I mean? So I can't do the work that I'm meant to do and live my purpose in this life without my community. Mm-hmm. None of us can. So I'm grateful that I've had this time to really remember who the fuck I am and the fact that I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And I never have been. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of folks out there, because I do want to be mindful that there are folks that may not have, you know, um, biological family. You know, they may not feel like you know, they have, you know, kin to go to, but trust that nature got you. (laughs) Like, and I know that sounds crazy, but literally like, it's not just about, uh, when I say collective and community, like I'm not just talking about other humans. I'm talking about all of it. Our dogs, our cats, the squirrels that be wilding in the park. The birds. The birds, yo, the birds be having messages. The, and they, at the same time every day, they'll let you, okay? The, the grass, the trees, the ocean, going to the ocean is one of the most like cleansing experiences. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it don't matter what tradition you practice. It doesn't matter what you, um, you know, and it's three, three, three right now. It don't matter what. Yeah. Well, in my time zone, <laughs> it counts. <laughs> um, it don't matter what, like, I think, you know, sometimes like in our society, like we move from a place of lack, like I could do that too. Cause as much as I'm very blessed, in my home there's a lot of ways that I feel like I was lacking you know where it's like I don't have the the big old paying job no more mm-hmm. um I don't have as much experience as others I don't have the whatever but I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do because I have my purpose to live in the same way that a weed has its purpose because mm-hmm. people want to tell y'all that weeds don't have purpose that's a bold-faced lie yep talk about it so uh, <laughs> it's let's just, take a collective breath real quick because that yeah. you know grind culture is very harmful it hurts you know it hurts to be told I feel like I'm revisiting so hurt yeah you know but it's like and it, it has me thinking too just about how plants have supported me in some of the darkest times in my professional life too but um Let's take a collective breath. Just remembering to breathe and connect with our bodies. And something I wanted to share um, is around the power of trees and just how I have been able to harness the power of trees. I remember um, I was in a very abusive work environment and um, put in my notice got a lot of, um, just got a lot, it was just a lot of nastiness once that happened. And um, it just really let me see, this was a company that was like, we're all family and everything else. But it was like, as soon as the notice came in, then it was like, you know, I got the other side of it. And I remember I, one thing that I would do is because we were working remotely is um, I go outside, I'd have meetings outside on Zoom. Like there's no, as long as my internet connection stable, if I want to sit outside and get some fresh air and get some vitamin D, I should be able to do that, right? But there was a lot of shame. I got shamed a lot for accessing nature because it was a little too free. It was a little too liberated looking, you know? And I think it reminded folks who did not feel safe for whatever reason to access nature in that way. It just reminded them of something um, around, you know, their, maybe their lack of liberation. Um, and it was a trigger. My last day, I um, demanded to have a meeting with the, the, my boss, basically, and just be like, no, no, we're, I want to talk to you about what went down, because I want to have this conversation so that the next person who comes into my position, you know, you can understand. Um, and so I did it at a tree. I did it right by a tree. And it just felt like the right place to do it at, um, just to just have nature hold me and to give me the wisdom to have that conversation. Um, months later, you know, I was reading about trees and, you know, they were the gathering places of towns. People would have restorative conversations, hard conversation by the trees, you know, trees have been around for so long. They've seen some stuff, you know, they've mm-hmm. seen the good days and the bad days and like use it, utilizing the power of the earth and of the ground so that on those days when you don't feel like you have the strength and the wisdom um 
that you can harness the energy of nature. And, uh, you know, I was able, I felt like that conversation went well. I felt like I was able to remain in my power and do so in a way that felt respectful. And I feel like it would have gone down differently had I not had that, the power of the trees, you know? And so I guess, you know, Emmeline, what about now? Like, how are you utilizing plant allies now in your work? And like, you know, what are some, what are some things that are really exciting you right now about uh, some of the stuff you're doing? Oh, so much excitement right now. <clears throat> and I wanna, I don't wanna let the moment pass. I, I do wanna appreciate you for sharing um, that you held uh, an important final exit meeting under a tree, having the tree hold you up because, you know, um, that is what um, using plant allyship to help us combat grind culture looks like. Mm -hmm. The fact that you access that knowledge before you even knew you knew mm -hmm. that you needed to have that meeting under that tree because mm -hmm. you needed somebody to hold you up who's also seen some things mm -hmm. because you were mistreated. Mm -hmm. This wasn't just a regular old meeting. This was a meeting where you were having to express all of what you had been experiencing in this place that was toxic mm -hmm. and that's major. So mm -hmm. I just want to like, you know, appreciate you for being gracious about sharing that because I hope that it touches someone who's listening, who also has a, you know, difficult conversation coming up mm. and might some tree medicine. Mm -hmm. And also I would say, you know, um, and I, I will answer your question. <laughs> I'm going there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that there are plants that are beautiful to have with us when we're preparing and in difficult conversations. One that's coming to mind right now is calendula. Calendula mm -hmm. literally is, um, you know, a plant of the sun. Mm -hmm. And right now we just had our summer solstice. So it's definitely a beautiful plant medicine to be working with right now. Um, and it's exciting me to, to share this because um, something that I learned from my teacher is that calendula, um, you can place some of it in a bowl or whatever you got, a cup, whatever. I'm all about accessible medicine. Now you gotta be fancy. And having it on your desk, you know, mm -hmm. on the day that you're having a really tough meeting, um, having it in your space, like when you know you're gonna have a difficult conversation with someone and you need support. Mm -hmm. um, Cause calendula will do that. And I think calendula, you know, what it helps us do is speak with, speak with, um, similar to what tree medicine did for, for you. It's like speak with um, like firmness, but also with kindness. Mm -hmm. And I think in the moments where we're riled up and we have this rage and we just want to like literally cuss somebody out, which that's also part of human the human experience. Mm -hmm. um, you know, calendula can be a beautiful plant ally for helping us say what needs to be said because it's not about being a you know uh, uh, moving away from saying what gotta be said but saying it from a place uh, that is like heart-centered, mm -hmm. that, that shows kindness, that shows compassion. Because mm -hmm. hard conversations don't have to um, be centering pain and hurt. Yep. 
that's another, you know, white supremacist, capitalist, patriarchal BS. Because mm-hmm. if there's anybody that knows how to say some real shit from a place of the heart, it's Black folk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something that is exciting me right now, and anybody that's in community with me knows this, like, I'm a smoke fairy. So (laughs) I have a very avid and consistent smoke practice. Mm -hmm. And this includes cannabis and it includes all different kinds of other herbs. So for me, my smoke practice is exciting because it's accessible medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's exciting because there's so much remembrance that has to happen for us to, um, I think, debunk some of the um, narrative that we are being told about, you know, smoking is for lazy people and mm-hmm. oh, smoking, oh, uh, you know, you must not care about yourself because you're smoking and, but you know, and I, and right. I do in my own community, right? Like my own family, you know, that knows that I, that I have an avid smoke practice. It's like, you're going to ruin your life. And I'm like, <laughs> let's speak on that, you know, um, from a different <laughs> angle. <laughs> um, because yes, with anything, and I want to preface that with any kind of medicine, pharmaceutical included, as we know, there is misuse, yes. right? There is, uh, you know, overindulgence or like being excessive with it. Absolutely. But I, I am in the um, work right now of really like uplifting um, the ancestral medicine that smoking is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be, if, if smoking is not your thing, It doesn't even have to be like, you know, smoking a a joint. Right now, I've been using the power of smoke to help me be present in this conversation Mm -hmm. and have the wisdoms of my ancestors on my Ori. What kind of smoke are you burning or what's what's right now? This is sage and lavender. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mad simple. Mm -hmm. Um. I originally had put sage in here because like I said, I was at my altar earlier. So I use sage um, sparingly, but when I do use it, it's like, you know, as a way to um, call on the, the wisdoms of sage. Mm-hmm. Um, I view sage as kind of like a, you know, a wise elder. Yeah. So I tend to go to it when I am looking to have that kind of, um, wisdom to share with others Mm -hmm. and then right when we got on the call I was like I need a little sweetness in here Mm -hmm. I mean so I put in a little lavender because I need a little sweetness for the aroma but I also love lavender because of its duality like lavender for me like allows me to tap into my feminine and my masculine you know into you know the different parts of of me that make me the complex being that I am Mm-hmm. You know, so I love it because, you know, um, that's part of also my work, right? Like mm-hmm. being able to be whatever I need to be to be in service of others. Mm-hmm. And I feel like lavender is a beautiful 
um, herb that helps us to learn that and know that and remember that. So to your point around being a smoke fairy, and you must have read my mind because I was going to ask you my devil's advocate question, quote unquote, around, well, what would you say if, to somebody who's like, oh, that makes you lazy, that makes you unprofessional. Yeah. And um, to that point, though, something I just recently learned was um, there's an Egyptian goddess, her name is Seshat. Mm -hmm. And she was the goddess of record keeping and she invented writing. She was known for invented writing and keeping the records of all things. She was like kind of like the librarian goddess. But an interesting thing about her is she was also the goddess of cannabis. Very interesting. It's like you got this very, you know, you can't really think of anything more, you know, straight and narrow than like writing and record keeping and keeping the books. But she was also the goddess of cannabis, which is pretty interesting, you know, when you think about that. And it's, you know, once again, unlearning that conditioning around what we were taught to believe we are indoctrinated to believe and then what is actually true and what does our spirit say and what do, what do our ancestors say too yeah i think what i would say to that person is spend time with the plant like <laughs> blank period the plant is gonna get you together i don't gotta say nothing like i don't gotta say nothing to you because i'm not necessarily in you know um that's not how i like to move like i'm not necessarily uh somebody who enjoys um dealing with contrarians that's not really my thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I let the plant talk talk for itself if you actually want to know commune with the plant sit with the plant mm -hmm. talk to the plant hear what it has to say for you touch the leaves respectfully mm -hmm. harvest them respectfully mm-hmm you know what I mean? Like connect with the plant because the plants will tell you what they got to tell you. Mm -hmm. That journey you're going to have with it is going to tell you what it has to tell you. And, you know, and that's why the funny shit about cannabis is that it's not the same medicine for every person. So you may find that you can't fuck with cannabis because the message that cannabis got for you is one that is too much for you to handle. Right, right. And right. that's on that, right? I'm not out here being like, you know, plant medicine is a blanket, like a formula for, which is why I'm saying like, you know, there is a space for Western herbalism, but I'm also about, you know, thinking of indigenous black ways, like work practices where smoking from a pipe was commonplace. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, like where tending to your garden during the middle of the day was commonplace. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. gotta eat. You know what I mean? So, right. um, so I would say, you know, connect with the plants. And also on the topic of cannabis, um, you know, I do have such a deep respect for the plant. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm saddened, I think by how not not just how um you know uh white supremacy capitalism and all the you know we we know the list all the isms had, yeah all the isms <laughs> have essentially like created um similar to a lot of other plant medicine like has created this like billion dollar industry when we have our fathers our brothers our cousins 
you know, incarcerated over carrying, you know, an ounce, a baggie. And now, you know, you got Susan who is in a dispensary telling you all the things, right? Like the terpenes this and the terpenes that. Like I, so I do want us to, I urge us, I feel like to also like tap into that um, history and that like, um, knowledge because I feel like you know it's a hard one for a lot of us mm -hmm. it carries so much trauma and I feel like that's why I can't be mad at our elders who are telling us not to smoke cannabis or whatever because they're afraid for us yeah you know they 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 were there they're traumatized right from seeing how we were criminalized and how our bodies were violated over some weed mm-hmm Mm -hmm. And I don't even want to say some weed. That sounds crazy to me. Weeds are amazing and beautiful. But like, you know what I mean? Even the word weed, like it's like there's this derogatoriness to weeds, you know? Mm -hmm. And weeds mm -hmm. got a lot to teach us. So, you know, around cannabis, like I have a lot of emotions around it because I have a deep reverence for the plant. And there's just so much ancient knowledge that, you know, cannabis has to teach us and the real tea is that the cannabis that we smoking now that shit has been modified yeah that part but we don't even know what the fuck we smoking now but you know when it comes to a plant like cannabis it's so beautiful for teaching us how to create our own joy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes tapping into some of that devil energy okay because mm -hmm. I feel like you know we we talk about like the devil you know <laughs> devil like who is this devil you know what I mean but when I use the word devil it's like you know our own shadows mm. that's what I'm talking about like that shadow work that is very hard for um many of us to tap into so we kind of try to avoid it <laughs> you know what I mean but I feel like cannabis is so beautiful and one of the ways that I like to use it is is because I'm I'm someone who wants to be a creator of my joy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like I want to be the driver and I want people in my community to also feel like they can create their own joy. And I feel like that's something that cannabis has to teach us. And there are some beautiful like educators out here, um, community activists and organizers who are doing so much work to educate us on the plants and all other plants. Cause I feel like cannabis has also been in the hot seat to the point where, you know, um, it's kind of like, yuck, you know, like the ways in which <laughs> we've uh, just degraded the plant. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, I'm trying to also, I think move from an expansive place as someone that has an avid smoke practice where I'm not only going to be talking about cannabis and my consumption of cannabis, but also my consumption in smoke, in, you know, burning and smoking other plants as well, because that there's um, a lot of relearning there that we can do, especially as black people in this country um, or black people in the diaspora to reconnect with the ways in which like, you know, smoking is sacred. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, and to your point around that devil energy, I think Gemini is supposed to be associated too with, <laughs> you know, you got the two, you know, 
get a bad rep though so yeah <laughs> we do we do <laughs> we're, we're kind of like trickstery you know what yeah I mean? like, yes trickster it's the trickster energy and sometimes i mean we got to be honest like we don't always love learn from love and light some oh, of my most dramatic experiences has taught me you know <laughs> Cats will do that. I took this fabulous class, like um, taught um, by, um, I am blanking on this person's name. They're a professor um, uh, uh, native to this land. Um, and they taught a class at Urban Cura that I took as, as a student. Um, and it was around trickster energy. So they talked about some of the trickster plants. So let's speak on that. Tobacco. Yeah. Tobacco. Oh, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. I see that. Okay. I see Talking that. about smoking and whatever. Tobacco mm -hmm. will have you laid on out. Okay. And that's some of the things that people don't like, you know, speak on when it comes to like plants where, you know, some plants will have that trickster energy and you have to tread lightly mm -hmm. and be respectful. And I think, and also like, when working with those kinds of plants, like being very mindful that, you know, um, they have the type of energy that can also um, bring up other <laughs> things, right? That, mm -hmm. so, you know, so it's important, I think, for us to like um, tap into our knowledges that we have, right? Mm -hmm. So I think we can honestly start with our own things, like whatever we have in our local reach, you know, yeah. whatever's in the bodega, whatever's yeah. in the local park, um, whatever you can grow in your home, like connect with that first. Cause I feel like people, you know, they're like, oh, let me get that exotic thing from Costa Rica. Like mm -hmm. chill, like just work with what you got. Like there's so many beautiful herbs that you know, we can learn how to use even in our foods. And I know um, you wanted me to speak a little bit on that. Like, so I've been, um, during the pandemic, actually, like a friend of mine um, shared that there was this program called CSA is a Snap, where okay. I could purchase um, freshly grown uh, vegetables in Hudson Valley, mm -hmm. which is considered local to New York City. Okay. with my snap benefits mm -hmm. um and i didn't have snap at the time but my grandma did so again community mm -hmm. i was like yo grandma i heard about this program how you feel about it she's like oh that sounds dope and it was during a time where there was food shortages it was a whole mess out here and literally with my little snap card well my grandma's snap card i could purchase these you know uh, uh vegetables that were literally grown wow like, that's awesome <laughs> you know, day, the day before the day of for us to consume. Right. So I've been doing a lot of like, um, advocacy work around sharing information about the program. Um, and obviously there are other ways, obviously to eat local and connect with local foods, but I think like the learning, the importance of connecting with like, you know, local food ways and like local systems. Um, so I'm not even like an herbalist that advocates for like, you know, you need to be, you know, doing the most, like literally tap into what's accessible to you. Mm -hmm. If that's some cilantro from the bodega, great. That is beautiful. Cilantro is beautiful medicine. Um, uh, parsley, perejil, 
beautiful medicine for like throat health mm -hmm. um you know and other and a bunch of other stuff like you know autoimmune illness like inf inflammation mm -hmm. like literally the staples onion mm -hmm. ginger garlic garlic yeah heavy hitters i'm a garlic girl mm -hmm. heavy hitters you know what i mean like and you can access that you can start there um so you know i want folks to, to really whoever's listening to know that like if you feel like you're being called to connect um start where you are start where you can um yeah and you know i think that comes full circle with um you know when i asked you around wellness and what does wellness mean for you and you were saying that that's a loaded question because there's been this certain way in which wellness has been packaged to us as this kind of this thing that's unattainable but it's like we should be doing it and it's you know there's something ignorant about you because you're not doing it you're not doing the most with it and how it's really been weaponized with communities yeah. of color and so it's really cool to hear that there are these programs that are coming out i'm hearing more and more about them of just really um bridging the gap making um making these foods that are birthright we all should be able to have access to these herbs and these foods and making it more accessible and so um i want to know if there's any kind of medicine practice you wanted to offer the community before we close out mm, that is a great one i guess um, this is going to be like a general, general, um, idea that came to mind mm -hmm. around, um, the fact that like medicine works when you're ready to receive it. Right. So, and, and there's so many different ways in which plant medicine is a gift to us. So you may not be somebody who's trying to smoke. Mm -hmm. You may not be a tea person. Mm -hmm. You, um, you might be somebody who does showers versus baths, <laughs> like, you know, you might, so however it is that you can get that medicine, get it. So what, what I want to share about, um, medicinal practice is that do whatever you're going to actually do. Yep. So if you're somebody who loves baths, that's a beautiful way to learn how to incorporate plant medicine into your practice. Um, literally you don't got to do nothing but put the herbs you want to bathe in together mm -hmm. or over some hot you know water obviously being mindful that your shower is not uh your bath is not too hot mm -hmm. um and literally pouring that tea that you just made into your bath mm -hmm. a beautiful way to connect with plant medicine mm -hmm. I like or yeah so or if you're somebody i'll say one more thing like um you know, if you're somebody who, um, you know, suffers from a lot of different ailments, or, you know, if you're someone who's taking a lot of medication, particularly pharmaceuticals, you do have to be careful about any contraindications with, with plant medicine, because plant medicine, as much as they try to tell you it's not, is very strong, depending on dosage and how often you use it and all that. So you have to be very careful. Um, but I would say if you're somebody who's nervous for any reason to interact with plant medicine, you can sit with the plant. So that's a practice oh. that many herbalists 
do as part of their study and as part of their their connection with plants it's you don't it's not always about and i feel like it's such a capitalist like human thing you know human experience thing to be like well plant medicine is like i have to ingest it right right that's not true literally you can commune with a plant without harvesting it you can commune with a plant without eating it or without smoking it or without you know consuming it in your body if that's not something that is accessible to you Mm -hmm. you know um you can something that i do um sometimes um i have a broadleaf thyme leaf and i think i shared that in, in your book like um where i'll just take a leaf obviously asking the plant for permission and it's a beautiful aromatherapy for me sometimes when i'm needing to be present Mm-hmm. Um, and feel more like in my body like I'll just smell the plant because the plant has these like oils that make you very aromatic mm-hmm. but I don't gotta eat it it is you can't oh wow okay I'm <laughs> you can't eat it you can't put it in foods you know you can use it as a ear infection poultice all those things because that's what I want to say um and I know I've been going on a tangent but like plants are different from pharmaceuticals in the way that pharmaceuticals are typically made for one thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, you have a headache, bang, this one medicine's for your headache. Plant medicine don't work like that. One plant, like just thinking about time, like your regular cooking time, mm-hmm. that shit is, is good for so many things. Yeah. Like literally the list is endless about how much time can do for us. Mm-hmm. So. That's where we have to humble ourselves as humans and realize that nature is the original abundant person. You know what I mean? Like nature is it. And I feel like um, when we, we have to check ourselves, like when we're like, oh, well, I just don't got this or I don't got that. Well, use what you got. Right. Because I, I promise you, whatever you do have is good for a million things. Mm-hmm. So that's another part of medicine practice and, and, uh, you know, being a medicine maker and, and, um, you know, being stewards of the land or being, you know, whatever plant people, you know what I'm saying? Plant people know what's up. Like plants are just so expansive and so abundant. Mm -hmm. Like in the same ways that we are working on ourselves in this human experience to be expansive and, you know, be beyond the binary and, you know, um, uh, dismantle, you know, um, grind culture and all of the difficult work that we're doing. Nature got our back because nature been on that tip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to catch up to nature with nature. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, that's what I want to share in terms of um, what I can think about with um, plant practice. And I, and I, I do wanted to say that there was one last thing that I wanted to like voice today. Mm. And it was around this idea of work-life balance. Mm. Um, and I know we, we've kind of hit on it, but not. Um, so I wanted to voice like, um, that, you know, many of us are feeling guilty or, or, you know, high levels of shame Mm -hmm. around not being able to take a break or Mm -hmm. you know high levels of shame around not being able to rest like shout out to the nap ministry you Mm know um and you know what i want us to to think about is that this whole thing about work-life balance like 
that shit is made up. Mm-hmm. It's made up to make us live in the guilt and in the shame. When in reality, like you think, you know, you think that um, these, uh, you know, industrial complexes want us to take our vacation time and, you know, take naps while we're remote working and do whatever, you know, no, of course not. They, they want us to work more. The more we can work, the better, which is why, you know, we, ha- we have to have more conversations around how um, disabled people are treated in this country because they have no use. Mm-hmm. And, and the the like inhumaneness of that. Um, so I mean, I could go on a whole tangent on that one, but like, you know, I want to talk about debunking work-life balance because yeah, that's a whole smoky mirror. Okay, like that shit ain't a thing because as in this these bodies that we're in, like it's about being in flow. Like what some days for me feel more busy right some days I'm feeling a little stressed some days I'm like I'm gonna lay my ass down today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some days that meeting just can't happen right mm-hmm. right so and then there's time for vacation there's mm-hmm. time for family there's time to be with our partners there's time to you know um be in solitude there's time for all that but I feel like this idea that, you know, um, somehow work-life balance is achievable is a whole lie. There's no, like, um, I don't think that should be the goal. <laughs> like, I don't think that's what we should be centering in our wellness. I feel like part of what we need to be centering in order to decolonize wellness is this idea of the ebbs and flows of life. Nature teaches us that. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes the tree has to provide shade. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's bare. Yep. But the tree's not going to, you know, stand there being like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I can't achieve balance <laughs> between being bare and provided some shade. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. So I feel like part of it's like we that, that shit got us in a chokehold, and I'm I'm done with it. So feel you. So, and in this work that we're doing, Heather, a lot of folks like when they're thinking about hiring us, they're like, "Oh, so you you gonna help me with my work life balance?" No. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know about you, Heather, but I'm not. What I'm gonna help you, you know, it's not about, you know, this unachievable balance. It's about the fact that, you know, what I wanna help people achieve in, in my coaching practice is helping people to be in flow, whatever their flow is, because my flow is not Heather's flow, it's not X's flow, it's not Y's flow. Everybody got their own flow, mm-hmm. and we can all be in harmony. And I feel like that capitalism hates that shit because they want us to be in arms, up in arms and in competition. And, you know, you took more vacation days than I did. And you like, it's it's another fucking thing that I feel like this billion dollar wellness industry is trying to tell us that, you know, it's the Mecca of 
whatever the fuck. And I'm like, one yoga class ain't gonna get you there. I can promise that. But if you actually start to get back to, you know, um, you know, yourself and your center and, you know, talking to your ancestors, you know, um, remembering the technologies and the knowledges that you have, I promise you that living the soft life and divesting from capitalism and being in flow will only become that much easier. Here's the funny part is like, even if, so I, I work with a lot of folks who are recovering perfectionists and that are used to being super type A, go-getters, they got the awards, they got the positions and all of that. But then realizing that that's, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I feel like, it's like, okay, I want to be more productive, but I want more time, you know? And it's like using these practices, taking time off, the funny thing about it is it will help you to be more productive. That's not why you should do it. But I'm like, look, if you want to be more productive, that's fine. You still need to go outside and take a walk though. It don't matter, you know? And um, just like, it's what's interesting about this workplace wellness work is that it is an onion because you start off with wellness for work and then it becomes more than about work, right? Then it becomes about the processes of life. You're like, oh, okay, there's another layer to excavate. And so, but then on the other hand, doing a lot of research on this workplace wellness stuff, it can, there's a really scary place that it can go to. I was, um, I was doing some research on what's happening and there's a lot of these apps that are coming out where it's like, they're, they're telling employees, okay, you get on the app and here's your two minute stretch break and we're going to stretch with you for two minutes. So you, and that's workplace wellness. So it can get really insidious. Um, and it really depends upon the consciousness, you know, that you're coming with. And I think, you know, it's liberation. It's liberating us from having to run the hamster wheel. If that means we slow it down, we can slow down the hamster wheel, but eventually we're going to have to get rid of the hamster wheel. We don't need the hamster wheel anymore. Um, but if your wellness program is keeping you on it, you know, then you're right. It's like, we're not, we're missing the point. You know, we're missing the point that it's still a form of indoctrination. Um, and I want to actually speak to Folk Mondays and like what Folk Mondays is about. Like, what's your mission? What do you help um, companies and organizations with? Um, with this yeah yeah I mean literally the mission of Folk Mondays is to bring plant medicine to work (laughs) Um, and I know that's kind of like a a double meaning there like I feel like um, I have this calling to um, support people through this through uh, the work of of plant medicine um, in understanding um, that you know this is part of the liberation work, right? Like, um, so it's not just going for a walk. It's not just putting your feet in the grass. It's not just taking your vacation time. Like it's, it, this, our liberation depends on it. So I feel like with Folk Mondays, um, there's like two parts of like, um, I, I think how it lives in the world. There's a part where, you know, there's a lot of education that has to happen around, um, why plant medicine or how plant medicine um, can be uh, supportive for us as we're trying to um, combat grand culture um, Mm -hmm. because we all fall victim to it. Um, 
you know, I've divested in many ways, but I mean, I still find myself getting stressed out over one email mm-hmm. or one interaction, like, can like put me in a spiral, you know what I mean? Where I'm just like, whoa, like chill out, you know? But it's like, but I, I, what I have in my toolbox is that I know how like plant medicine can support me in those, in those moments, you know? So I feel like that's what I'm trying to help educate people on. Um, and that, could be through you know the use of some of the products that I make but I think also um I'm not necessarily like trying to just sell things to people I think it's more about like hey you want to know this for yourself you already do just try to remember you know get back to it you know um and then the other part I think for me is also um using the power of my throat and my words to also have these hard, difficult conversations with people who um, are feeling all kinds of ways, stuck, confused, isolated, depressed, you know, the myriad, angry, like so many emotions. So Folk Mondays, I think it's like the, the way that the idea even came to me is because I was dealing with all of these different kinds of emotions for myself. And I realized like, whoa, I'm actually not alone. Mm-hmm. And all of this, as you said, is interconnected. So like, who am I to think that, you know, oh, it's just work stress. Stress is killing our people. And this little work stress, you know, that we talk about, like literally is wiping us out. Mm-hmm. Um, and many of us can attest to how our elders were, you know, um, getting older before their time because of how hard they worked. Right. So I feel like it, it's our responsibility as a younger generation and, and for the generation to come that we start to address these things head on. So I feel like Folk Mondays for me is also about um, me being in a more of a coaching capacity. And I had a hard time with that word for a long time, but like being in the capacity of being a conduit of this, this um, you know, level of understanding um, and not necessarily um, that I'm telling people what to do because that's not actually what my practice is about, but it's more about like um, helping people grapple with these very real you know um philosophical sometimes questions mm-hmm. you know where it's like you know you could wake up one day and be like I don't know who I am anymore mm-hmm. and you think it's gonna be easy for you to get up and go to your you know job by 8 30 <laughs> mm-hmm. it's gonna be hard as fuck so it's like you know I, I feel like it's those two folds for me where it's like definitely um you know, my work with plants is not, um, does not exist in a vacuum. It's interconnected with my passion and desire to support people in their work life. Um, in the same ways that, you know, I feel like, you know, plants help us to understand that like every plant and every being, you know, has a purpose. And there's a lot of folks walking around feeling like they don't have a purpose because they're not traditionally successful in whatever industry they're in. And how sad is that? You know what I mean? So there's so many people that are hurting. There's so many people that are in need of, you know, um, 
a message. Right. <laughs> you know, so whatever that would look like, you know, I'm still in process of, of developing, but I, I am so grateful to my spirits and um, for giving me this gift, right, that I am meant to be responsible for. So I take it very seriously. Mm -hmm. um, so if there's anybody out there that is interested in working with me in that capacity, um, I'm definitely in the space of taking on new clients. Um, and, you know, it can look like whatever it needs to look like in terms of frequency and all that kind of stuff. But obviously, that's something to understand once we understand, like, what is the, um, I guess, what is the task at hand? Right. And I feel like, you know, sometimes people think like they go to coaches or therapists or, you know, clergy people or whatever, because they want answers or quick answers. Yeah. But there are no quick answers. Like it's the work to get done and, and it can be very messy. So it's like, if you're somebody that's ready to do that work, then, hey, hit me up. Okay. But know that my role in that is not necessarily to tell you what to do or, or give you quick fixes. It's more about helping you understand that you are everything that you need and that you have what you need and that if you don't have it, you can get it. Um, and that there's so much resource in nature to support us in, you know, um, elevating in that way. And like, um, and that may not look like necessarily like leaving your nine to five. I'm not necessarily preaching that either. Um, because we need folks that work nine to five for this society to function. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This ain't going away no time soon. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily like, um, I'm not on this, like, you know, everybody quit their job type of, you know, how Beyonce is trying to do now. I know. I was just about to say Beyonce song. Yeah. Like Beyonce I, told us. Listen, <laughs> Listen, and I'm definitely on the side of, you know, I'll quit a job if I need to type of energy. But I will say that, you know, I'm in, I, in my practice, I'm trying to be more helpful than harmful. And that has to do with like moving very intentionally and moving, you know, with a lot of grace for people. Yeah. So I have so much grace for my fellow, you know, humans living this like fucked up experience because, you know, a lot of our days are hard and bring a lot of stuff that like feels like insurmountable, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's no one fix for any person. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I, but I do trust that in conversation and in, in deep reflection, um, we can find the routes mm -hmm. in the same way that our ancestors did. Yes. So if y'all have any kind of like workshops, um, if you want to do a coaching journey with Emmeline, um, or if you want to buy products, natural products, um, her information is in the link in the description. And um, I'll also make sure that we have the links around some of the amazing resources that were chatted about, um, everything from uh, the Bronx Botanical Garden to uh, the shamanism of Harriet Tubman and George Washington Carver. And yeah, like if you're curious at all about this, then that's a sign to do some more learning and to have some more uh, experiences outside. And it could start with a plant at your desk or 
um yeah. you can you know pay the the pathway is in endless and so yeah, I'll, I'll share one last thing though before we, <laughs> no. I, know, I know you're wrapping us up i know but one last thing there was a a a, a dear friend of mine fellow herbalist who mm -hmm. literally like shared with me that when she was going through a tough moment in her workplace she created like this barrier of plants on mm -hmm. her desk where like she felt like energetically like they couldn't penetrate her aura because like the plants were you know creating oh, i like that oh yeah i mean listen I like the, the and, um and also um if you want to continue to connect with my words excuse me i have hiccups now um i am uh in chapter seven i believe page 144 oh what thank you mm -hmm. uh detox yep. um so to plug it um because you can learn a little bit more about me and also some of the ways that you know plants can be allies and you know the accessible medicine that there is for us you know um to support us so i just want to thank you so much heather for having me um this has been um just fabulous and i look forward to future conversations and collaborations with you Yes, y'all. And if you haven't already, y'all sleeping, you got to get this and, you know, not in the good way. You got to get this book. All right. And uh, one thing that's really great about this experience is that um, it was very much a collaborative experience of really going out into my community who's doing some of these practices in real time, finding them, picking their brains, having heartfelt conversations with them. And Emily was one of them. And she share some really beautiful healing wisdom around how she utilized plants to nurture her and elevate her in her journey. And so, but there are many other stories in, in this book, specifically of black women and femmes who have taken their, taken control of their lives and gotten it out of the hands of grind culture in a variety of different ways. And so if you're like, how do I do this though? But why though, how though? Like read the book, there are a lot of different stories that share how folks are doing this in real time. And everybody, like Emily said, everyone's story is gonna look different or the pathway is not gonna be the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's really about finding your North Star, finding your inner voice and letting that express itself in the way you live your life, you know? Um, and so with that, thank y'all for tuning in. I hope y'all do something really nice to a plant today. <laughs> You know, I know I'm ready to get outside, take a walk, visit some. Yeah, trees, that was gonna you know? be my offering for the collective. Please get outside, take your socks off, take your sneakers off, and just put your toes in some grass. Like, yeah, I, I can't even describe um how grounding it is to just have our bare feet in the soil and in, on some grass. You know, so wherever that is for you, that could be your own personal garden, that could be, um, you know, your local park, whatever it is, like, allow yourself those couple of minutes, um, just bare feet, um, <laughs> because I feel like, you know, many times we, we feel like uh, our days are too busy to allow ourselves those simple pleasures, um, but I just want to invite y'all, especially because um you know venus is def i'm definitely ruled by venus uh that i'm all about the you know pleasures in life and and um that's another way that i feel like nature also um has us 
in so many ways. So um, I hope you're able to do that for yourself. Yes, yes. Um, thank you so much for that beautiful offering. I will make sure that I take my shoes off. And I know sometimes it can seem weird because I've literally, I've been walking in the woods before barefoot and some guy literally came up to me like, are you okay? Like, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I know. Listen. Just because I have my shoes off, you know, but, um, you know. Black <laughs> people, we're, we're, we're a different breed. You know what I'm saying? Like, we just, <laughs> but that's okay because I feel like, you know, maybe that person, Heather, like literally one day tries and it's like, oh, let me try this thing. This crazy person. Yeah, because <laughs> it does seem I've, I've watched, seen people walk around barefoot and be like, what are they doing? So I've been there. I've been that person. And yet, but once you do it, it's like no going back. It's no going yeah. back. Yeah. And the health benefits are just off the charts, you know. So anyway, y'all, I hope you all do something to thrive today. Thanks for thriving with us. Until next time, peace. Bye. Bye.